In today's episode, we're exploring a topic that resonates with every single one of us, food. But hold on, we're not talking about mere calories or fad diets. Oh no, we're exploring the profound and multifaceted relationship we all share with food, one that goes beyond the plate and deep into the realms of heritage, spirituality, and intuitive eating. Now, why this topic, you ask? Because food is such an integral part of our lives. It's not just sustenance, but a language, a tradition, a bond, and yes, even a pathway to our inner selves. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and get cozy. Let's peel back the layers to discover how our relationship with food can nourish not just our bodies, but our minds hearts, and souls as well. So whether you're a food lover, a spiritual seeker, or someone who's just plain fed up with toxic diet culture, there's something in this episode for you. So let's get started. Welcome to Say When. I'm your host, Holly Toscanini. This podcast is for any woman who's had enough of restrictive diets, feeling bad about their bodies, or putting their lives on hold until they lose the weight. If you've had enough of diet culture, then it's time to say when. Welcome back to another episode of Say When. I'm Holly Toscanini, and I'm so thrilled to have you here. Today, I want to explore a topic that's close to my heart, and I'm sure it's close to many of you as well, food, but not just as sustenance. We're talking about the soulful, heritage-rich, family-binding aspect of food. I want you to think of that moment when you sit around a table, whether it's an elegant dining room or some makeshift gathering in your cozy kitchen. Eating isn't merely about silencing that growl in your belly, right? There's a lovely saying, food is the ingredient that binds us together. And that is so true. You see, food is often our first introduction to different cultures, be it through a grandmother's secret recipe, a community celebration, or even a meal at an authentic restaurant. The beauty of it lies in its universality. Everybody eats, but also in its rich diversity. Think about the myriad of spices and cooking techniques and flavors that different cultures have given us. It's like a global tapestry woven together through countless shared meals. What's fascinating is that food can be a starting point to broaden our worldviews. When you dig into a plate of sushi, you're not just enjoying raw fish, you're tapping into a Japanese tradition that places high value on seasonality, craftsmanship, and the very aesthetics of eating. Or when you share a pot of Moroccan tagine with friends, you're partaking in a communal experience that goes back generations, reflecting that country's history of hospitality and diversity. And let's not forget that food is a language in its own right. Take, for example, the concept of terroir in French cuisine, which emphasizes the importance of the land, climate, and environment where the ingredients are from. It's a term that has no direct English translation, showing us that food can express ideas that words sometimes can't capture. Recognizing food as a cultural connector also opens up conversations around social justice. This is about more than just cuisine. It's about respecting the origins of food, understanding the labor that goes into it, and giving credit to the cultures that have nurtured these traditions for centuries. It's about recognizing that, in a way, When we share culturally significant foods, we share the story of a people. And in this recognition, we find opportunities for greater respect, understanding, and unity among diverse communities. 
From a psychological standpoint, sharing food from different cultures can actually reduce prejudice and promote inclusivity. A study published in the Journal of Experimental Social Psychology found that experiencing ethnic foods led to more positive attitudes towards that particular ethnic group, proving that food can be a potent tool for social cohesion. So, whether it's a homemade curry that links you to your Indian heritage or a holiday meal that connects you to your cultural roots, never underestimate the power of food as a cultural connector. It transcends barriers, tells stories, fosters understanding, and above all, brings us closer as a human family. Food serves as a living, breathing connection to our ancestry and heritage. It's as if every bite we take resonates with the generations that came before us. Take the Jewish culture, for example, the making of challah bread or matzah ball soup. It's not just an exercise in cooking. It's an important family tradition that links individuals to their Jewish heritage. Each fold of the dough, each stir of the broth carries a piece of history, a piece of identity. Or consider Mexican households where the making of tamales or mole during specific holidays isn't just about the delicious outcome. It's a collective act that evokes memories and ensures cultural continuity. The kitchen becomes a place where stories are told, laughter is shared, and traditions are kept alive. And the act of breaking bread together goes beyond the dough in the oven. It's about sharing. It's about community within the family. And believe it or not, science backs this up. A study published in the Journal of Nutrition, Education, and Behavior found that families who eat together experience lower levels of stress and higher emotional well-being. And Oxford University goes one step further, stating that communal eating can actually improve family and community ties. Imagine that. The food on your table not only feeds your body, but also feeds your emotional and social well-being. And let's not forget how food acts as the cornerstone of social rituals and community connections, whether it's holidays, religious rites, or even just a simple weekend barbecue, food is the common denominator that draws us all together. Think about potlucks, community feasts, or even communal fasting periods like Ramadan in in Islamic traditions. These are all facets of how food intertwines with our social fabric. And it goes even deeper. Have you ever participated in community gardens or shared agricultural practices that feed these communal gatherings? Many cultures emphasize the concept of food sharing, putting the focus on communal well-being rather than individual gain. We've all experienced how a good meal can feel almost spiritual, right? Well, in many traditions, it literally is. Take, for example, the Christian practice of communion. The bread and wine serve as symbolic elements that commemorate the Last Supper, creating a direct spiritual connection with something beyond oneself. In Hinduism, food that's offered to the gods is considered prasad and is consumed as not just a meal, but as a divine gift. Now, let's shift gears a bit and talk about mindful eating. This is especially close to my heart and aligns beautifully with intuitive eating principles. Mindful eating is about being fully present for the experience of eating. It's not just about tasting the food, but savoring the richness of its texture, aroma, and even the colors on your plates. Researchers from Indiana State University have even demonstrated that mindful eating can significantly improve one's relationship with food, reducing emotional and binge eating. I mean, think about it. How much more connected and fulfilling is the act of eating when you actually 
pay attention. The relationship we share with what we put on our plate can be nothing short of transformative. The food we eat has the capacity to heal, rejuvenate, and even inspire us. In many traditions and holistic health practices, such as Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, and even Native American medicine, food is viewed as more than just fuel. It's considered a form of medicine. Ayurveda, for example, different foods possess qualities like being warm or cool, heavy or light, and that can help balance out our body's inner states. A simple spice like turmeric isn't just a flavor enhancer, it's also seen as an anti-inflammatory and a rejuvenating agent. See, in these traditions, food isn't just about the nutrients or calories it provides, but also about the energy it gives you. The very act of growing, harvesting, and preparing food is believed to influence the energy that carries it. As many of you may know, the philosophy behind the Japanese practice of kintsugi, mending broken objects with gold, extends to their views on food. Each meal is a ceremony, each ingredient a tribute to nature, all designed to nourish the soul as much as the body. And from a scientific standpoint, the idea that food can serve as nourishment for the body and spirit isn't far-fetched either. Numerous studies support the role of specific nutrients in enhancing mental health. For example, omega-3 fatty acids, commonly found in fish, have been shown to improve mood and mental well-being. Even the act of cooking has been linked to stress reduction. Another study showed that individuals who engage in small, creative tasks like cooking report experiencing more relaxation and happiness. And let's not forget how food is intrinsically linked to our emotional state. Have you ever noticed how a hearty bowl of mom's chicken soup can uplift your spirits on a gloomy day? Or how about a piece of dark chocolate that seems to add just that little bit of joy when you're down? That's because food has the power to affect our neurotransmitters, sending feel-good signals to our brain. Now, I also want to bring in some insights from spiritual thinkers to put a cherry on top of this already delicious conversation. The Dalai Lama once said, It's essential to know that to eat food is to consume life, to be aware and responsible for our part in the circle of life. This aligns so beautifully with what we've been discussing. Food is not just about fuel, but about interconnectedness, gratitude, and yes, even reverence. Eckhart Tolle, another spiritual leader, brings awareness into eating by saying, acknowledging the goodness of the food that sustains you is an essential part of a spiritual meal. A prayer or a moment of gratitude before eating is a simple way to do that. Now, I know you might be thinking, Holly, isn't intuitive eating just another trendy concept? But here's the thing. Mindfulness and intuitive eating is far from being a new-aged fad. In fact, its roots go back beautifully and intermingle with the various cultural and spiritual traditions around the world. At its core, intuitive eating is about tuning into your body's signals, honoring your hunger and fullness, and giving yourself permission to enjoy the pleasure of food. And guess what? This wisdom isn't exclusive to any one cultural spiritual practice. It's universal. Whether it's the Buddhist practice of mindful eating, where each morsel is savored and each bite is a meditation, or the pre-meal prayers and rituals of Christianity, Judaism, or Islam, which tra transform the act of eating into something sacred, the essence remains the same. Listen to your body, eat with mindfulness, and treat the whole experience with respect. 
It's fascinating how ancient cultural wisdom aligns so well with the tenets of intuitive eating. Take the concept of Angi and Ayurveda, which refers to the digestive fire that helps assimilate food. See, Ayurvedic principles suggest that one should eat only when your Angi is strong, essentially advising us to eat when we're genuinely hungry, which is a cornerstone of intuitive eating. What's really beautiful is how intuitive eating and cultural practices enrich each other. When we approach our cultural foods with an intuitive mindset, we deepen our connection to our heritage. Conversely, the rituals and mindfulness practices from our respective traditions can enhance our intuitive eating journey by lending it a sacred framework. To sprinkle in just a little bit more science, several studies suggest that mindful eating can help improve various health markers too, from better digestion to reduce stress levels. This is an actual publication. Um, there's one called uh, the uh, Journal of Current Obesity Reports. It really exists. This journal found that intuitive eating is associated with better psychological well-being compared to other eating behaviors. Intuitive eating also provides liberation from the shackles of diet culture, allowing you to authentically engage with your cultural and spiritual food traditions without any guilt or fear. It gives you the freedom to enjoy that slice of grandma's pumpkin pie or partake in a community feast without the nagging voice that says, you shouldn't be eating this. So I invite you to explore your own cultural and spiritual food practices through the lens of intuitive eating, how they can enrich your relationship with food, and how can intuitive eating in turn deepen your connection to your heritage. And speaking of heritage, I encourage you, actually, I challenge you to take some time and explore the foods of your own lineage or upbringing. What are the traditional dishes that your grandparents made? Are there particular foods that have spiritual or emotional significance for you? Reconnecting with these foods can be a profound act of self-discovery, a way to deepen your practice of intuitive eating by grounding it in the rich soil of your own history. You know, we can't have a conversation with, about this with, um, without asking or commenting on the ever-pervasive diet culture. It's almost like a fog that obscures our real connection with food. But here's where intuitive eating shines as a beacon of sanity. Rather than adhering to external shoulds and shouldn'ts, intuitive eating supports a more holistic approach to nourishment, one that honors your own body's wisdom. Intuitive eating is associated with better mental uh, well-being and could serve as a protective factor against disordered eating. Now, I think it's important to also discuss how diet culture, which is this ever-present socially engineered belief system, has demonized so many of our beloved cultural foods. You know what I'm talking about? Rice, corn, pasta, bread, the list goes on. Diet culture has this way of making us feel like we have to choose between sticking to our, quote, meal plans and enjoying the foods that are woven into the very fabric of our heritage. Have you ever been to a family gathering where your grandma insists you eat her famous rice dish, but there's this nagging voice in your head that says, carbs are bad, carbs are bad. It's like being stuck between a rock and a hard place, or more like between a grain of rice and a diet plan. The irony is that many of these cultural foods that get the side eye from diet culture are the very ones that have nourished generations upon generations. 
in many Asian cultures, rice is the cornerstone of meals, often offering uh, essential nutrients and serving as an energy source. And in Native American communities, corn isn't just food. It's a symbol of life and sustenance. By labeling these foods as bad, diet culture is inadvertently severing our connection to our ancestry, our history, and frankly, some really delicious meals. Now, it's important to note that numerous scientific studies debunk the myths that diet culture perpetuates about these foods. Whole grains like rice and corn are rich in fiber, vitamins, and minerals. And research published in the Journal of Nutrition has even suggested that whole grains can improve gut health and may reduce the risk of chronic diseases. Here's where the beauty of intuitive eating comes in, sprinkled with a bit of gentle nutrition. Intuitive eating encourages us to view encourages us to view all foods as morally equal, which frees us to enjoy a variety of foods based on our likes and dislikes. It also allows room for the concept of gentle nutrition, where we consider the nourishing aspects of food without resorting to or um, engaging in any kind of restriction or guilt or shame. In the world of intuitive eating, there's a place for your grandma's rice dish, just as there's room for fresh fruits and vegetables. It's about balance, pleasure, and toning in to what your body needs and wants, all while celebrating the foods that make you, well, you. So let's start breaking down this false dichotomy that diet culture has built. Reclaim those precious cultural foods and see them for what they really are, nourishment for the body and the soul. So how do you integrate all these profound but sometimes elusive concepts into your daily life, like intuitive eating and mindfulness? Well, you can start by choosing to have a few mindful moments before you eat. Just take a few seconds to breathe deeply and express gratitude for your meal. Or try cooking a heritage dish, something from your culture. And as you eat it, take a moment to consider its history, its journey to your plate, and how it makes you feel. And then you can always check in. Regularly check in with your body's hunger and fullness cues. This is really the cornerstone of intuitive eating. And then banish the good or bad labels. Food is not moral. Remove these labels and eat what nourishes you, both body and soul. And then maybe think about embracing community by sharing a meal with loved ones and discussing what each dish means to you. Communal eating isn't just good for the soul, it's about honoring your intuitive eating skills. So as you think about your next meal, I encourage you to go beyond just what you need to fill your stomach. Consider what will nourish your soul, elevate your spirit, and bring balance to your emotional state. Allow your choices to be guided not just by taste and hunger, but by how that food makes you feel at your deepest level. And from the universal experience of gathering around a table to understanding food as a bridge to our heritage and culture, we've explored the deep well of spiritual nourishment that food provides. We've also explored how the principles of intuitive eating can amplify these meaningful connections with food, liberating us from the constraints of diet culture and guiding us toward more authentic and holistic sense of well-being. And hey, if you've got a personal story or revelation about how a particular food nourishes you in a way that is more than just hunger satisfying, but satisfies your soul, I'd absolutely love to hear about it. So swing by my website, hollytoscanini.com, and share your nourishing narratives with me. If you're ready to take your next meal to a truly holistic experience, let's continue on this delicious journey, shall we? I'd love for each one of you to take this wisdom and integrate it into your daily lives. 
why not start by exploring your food heritage? Cook a family recipe or try a traditional dish that means something to you. And when you sit down to eat it, practice a moment of mindful eating. Close your eyes, breathe, and truly savor each bite. I would absolutely love to hear about your experiences. So head your, uh, head over to the website and share any stories or insights or even snapshots of your culinary adventures on my website, on Instagram, or Facebook. As we close today's episode, I'll leave you with this beautiful quote by Virginia Woolf. One cannot think well, love well, sleep well if one has not dined well. And remember, food is not just fuel. It's a love letter to our bodies, a tribute to our heritage, and a sacred act that connects us to something far greater than ourselves. So as we sit down to our next meal, let's remember that when we indulge in foods that are culturally or family significant, we're nourishing more than just our bodies. We're nourishing our souls. We're strengthening our social ties. And yes, keeping the flicker of traditions very much alive. Thank you for sharing this delicious, soulful time with me today. Keep breaking that bread and stirring that pot, my friends, because in doing so, you're creating so much more than a meal. You're creating a legacy. I hope this speaks to your spirit as much as it does mine, and I'd love to hear your stories. Again, you can always connect with me on social media. Until next time, eat well, live well, and be well. Thank you for being a part of this incredible journey. Let's make room at the table for all foods, and in doing so, honor the diversity of our experiences, the richness of our cultures, and the wisdom of our bodies. What do you say? Shall we start setting that inclusive table? Until next time. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Say When, the podcast for women who've had enough of diet culture and are ready to get on with their lives. If you'd like to learn more about working with me, send me a DM through Instagram at Holly Toscanini, or you can find me on my website, hollytoscanini.com. Thanks for joining me.